All right. So before we get started, did everyone grab a bag? No. Okay. Listen, we have bags for you guys. Not only can you take your material home in this, but when you go grocery shopping, this saves you 10 cents. <laughs> if, you, if you live in California. Look, we're looking out for you guys in all ways, all right? We want to love you in word and in deed. So you're welcome. 10 cents can go to missions. Hopefully more. <laughs> Here you guys go. So if you guys did not get a bag, can you raise your hand and I'll, I'll pass one out, all right? All right, guys, so we're going to have our reporters come up and give a, let's do a three, three to four minute, just summary of what you spoke about, and uh, we will have group one come up first, and the question was, how should church leadership promote missions? All right. No, you won't. Hi, I'm Mike. I'm a a member and elder here at this particular church in the OPC. Uh, So one of the first things, the first thing that was mentioned was uh, something that was mentioned in one of the talks in the morning, uh, to be thankful and express gratitude for things that God has done and to be focused on God's beauty. And kind of tied with that, our denomination uh, for the month of November, Thanksgiving month, has a thank offering to raises awareness about uh, our home missions, our foreign missions, and Christian education, which also helps prepare people to understand about God, the, the Great Commission, and God's mind and heart for people. Uh, we need to promote the fact that we need to have a, uh, an internal perspective on things. And we need to see things from God's point of view and realize that missions and evangelism are a priority for God. Kind of tied in with that, let me, I'm, going to try, I'm trying to kind of jump around because there are some things to be tied together here. That as we focus on the beauty of, the God, and, of God and his desire to reach the lost and understand that that's important to him, and that he views it as valuable, that we too need to view it as valuable and to make it a priority, Uh, which also means a priority in our budgeting, to think about our budgeting as a church and as individuals, uh, how are we going to help promote what God views as being valuable. Um, So another thing that can be very helpful is if the pastor and even the elders, have some experience with overseas missions. Uh, Had they been on a mission trip to, uh, and as one person put it, you don't come back the same, you come back changed. And you can pass that firsthand knowledge off. Um, And both our former pastor and our current pastor have gone overseas, and some of us who are elders have gone to Mexico uh, where we used to have a missionary until he accomplished his purpose of putting together a presbytery in Mexico uh, and ha- went down there and helped out. So we have people who have that uh, firsthand knowledge that we can pass along. Um, another important thing is having regular mission reports, having reports given to the whole church uh, 
about a missionary or a mission field, informing them and giving them specific prayer requests so that they can pray because prayer is kind of the foundation of all of this. If we're not praying, we're certainly not going to be sending, much less going. Uh, so having, having those specific requests, getting to know those missionaries, hearing what they're doing, what struggles they have, and also trying to build relationships with them, uh, encouraging writing them. Uh, and if they send out prayer letters, uh, the, as was mentioned, you know, getting a response. Hey, somebody actually read it. Somebody is concerned about it. Somebody's actually praying for me. That uh, can be a great encouragement. And it's an encouragement for the person to hear back from the missionary as well. Um, our church has a bulletin board dedicated to missions and it gets changed on a monthly basis with a different missionary of the month. Uh, we have mission reports that are given uh, on a monthly basis about a field with specific prayer requests that are printed in the bulletin uh, to promote prayer. Um, having a, a missions committee in the church and with investment from the session and engagement from the session is important and buy-in and encouragement from the session to promote that. Uh, so, so <clears throat> also, encouraging people to consider going on short-term mission trips uh, to foreign fields. And one of the things that, uh, two things that are kind of connected with that in this church is that before somebody goes, they tell us about it, we raise money, and then after they go, they come back and they give a report, and we hear and get to see what they did. And that's also an encouragement for even younger people to think about going in the future. Um, and diligently pursuing and being aware of what missionaries are on furlough and trying and connecting with the denomination, in our case, the denominational people, saying, hey, we want them to come to our church if they're going to come to Southern California. And having them come uh, to a dinner or maybe speak in an evening service, uh, speak during Sunday school, and you know, have lots of different ages there to hear them give their presentation and, and pray for them. Um, and we also have a focus during uh, VBS uh, where we have a missionary for that week and the kids get to see uh, the missionary and raise money for the missionary. And also having, getting the kids involved in writing the kids of the missionaries and connecting that way and being a source of encouragement to those kids. But it also gets them thinking about missions for the future. Have I used up my time? Okay. Thank you, Group 1. And the reporter for Group 2? All right. Hello, I'm Phil, and I'm from Santa Barbara. Glad to be with you today. My honor, actually. So um, so we, uh, we talked about uh, the relationship between missionaries and sending churches. Uh, well, um, First of all, reflected that some churches have very little expectations from um, their missionaries, and some have very high expectations um, in terms of like the connections, the uh, 
contact, frequency, information flow, et cetera. Um, so one question that was raised is, is it appropriate for a sending church or supporting church to ask for annual updates from missionaries in the field? And thinking like they're doing that presumably with their sending agencies, uh, but what, what is, what's the role of the, the local church in that? And um, so um, the, we, we talked about the biblical model in MTW, or that MTW is adopted where th that the local church is the sending church, and MTW really plays the role of supporting the local church in sending, uh, in the sense that we're all part of uh, God's missions and churches are the senders. And so in that sense, asking for updates does make sense. Um, but then uh, on the... The caveat to that is you can burden the, the missionary if they have like 10 or 15 churches all asking for a big long form to fill out every year, right? So there's this kind of tension and balance that has to happen there. So, um, But in general, we talked about the principle that it would be great if churches support supported fewer missionaries but supported them more deeply and more actively and really care for them, things like visits where you would just go and um, um, yeah, not take but give on your visit, like uh, babysit the kids and send them out on dates and do counseling and things like that, right? Really, a visit where it's really caring for the, the missionary and, and other creative things like sending cards to their kids and just really showing that you're, you're caring for their whole person, their whole family. So, and in general, that relationships was the key. So there's an article that I want to look up called Why Missionaries Should Communicate and Churches Should Demand It. Uh, talking about the, the interaction. Did you write that article, Mike? I think you did, so I'll highlight that one. And um, just trying to think in terms of supporting uh, missionaries, just uh, more broadly speaking, family issues that's very meaningful for missionaries when people take an interest in their kids and their, their families and other areas of their life, their health and um, things like that. Um, uh, emails. Phone calls, care packages. Talked about one, one, one missionary. Like the postage was so is costs as much as the care package. No, send it anyway. So those kinds of things. All right. Then um, somebody asked a difficult question. Um, what would be the ideal percentage for a missionary to receive from a given church? Um, and there is the recognizing the, the tension between if. It was a really large percentage from one church, say half your budget, for example. Then now the missionary is really kind of more vulnerable, right? Takes on a high risk if something happened to that church, uh, and then their own um, financial um, support is at risk. But then if it's too small, then when the missionary comes on furlough or just the regular role of keeping in touch with the home base, then if they have 50 people, 100 people on their list, it's like it's then a lot of their time is spent in, with those communications and not with what God's, God's called them to on the field. So there's that, that tension there. So I think the extreme number we heard, uh, example in our group, was 25% from one church. And, um, and another, and, but that's pretty rare, right? Usually missionaries, in my, in my experience, have a lot more supporters than four or five, right? So, and then the last thing we talked about was how to release a missionary. And the principles were provide a rationale if you're needing to uh, stop supporting them, 
uh, let them learn from whatever the rationale was and offer them a plenty of a time window to help them fill the gap six months or more. So that's all I have. And group three. leadership or lay <laughs> you came up with a lot of the same ideas and I'm just going to go through them as we discuss them rather than trying to coordinate them and get them all together uh, one of the suggestions was to read good books and good articles about different um, ways to help in the mission field um, people mentioned that lay people could make sure they advertise and connect people in the congregations with all the um, seminars and conferences that are going on because a lot of times we, we just don't hear and would like to go to things, bring people in to speak, some missionaries that would start developing that relationship, which I think everybody's touched on, that that's the important thing. If you have a relationship with a missionary on the field, you're more likely to think about them, to pray about them, and to make sure their support continues. Um, pray weekly for missionaries. <coughs> um, I know at our church we try to we have eight missionaries we support, so we try to pray for two of them each week, um, have the pastor pray during, during church about them. And, of course, modeling um, is so important into seeing that when you look at the mission field, you go, oh, I could do that. You know, I know when Jack and I went up to Canada, we did a lot of kind of busy work things, like we would type up the bulletin for the for the pastor in the church and stuff, so he didn't have to worry about that. And I had people at our home church going, oh, I could do that. <laughs> we go, yeah, there's a lot of things you could do on the mission field that, you know, you don't think about, like David was saying, he always thought you had to be a doctor or a, or a pastor in order to go and be effective, but they, there's so many needs out there. So kind of a layperson can communicate that to the rest of the congregation that, oh, no, your, your skill set is really, really needed on the field. Um, we talked about the, the situation where you're giving to the missionary, but you don't really have a connection because your church has a group that meets and selects people as missionaries and sends their funding. So it's not like your church individually is hearing and picking someone to support. So in those cases, we were talking to them about either Zooming or Skyping or FaceTiming, you know, once a month with your missionary and kind of get their face in front of your whole congregation so they can build a relationship with someone maybe they've never even met before. Um, fight isolationism. Um, the committee, the missionary committee, should keep it in front of the congregation, you know, the needs and the, the prayer requests and what's going on in these different countries that, you know, we're supporting around the world. Um, short-term missions was over and over a, a big theme about when they're done right. That's so, so important because you have a whole team comes back. And even if there's only one or two, you know, you connected with the one or two people that went on the trip and they spread it throughout the whole congregation and talk about, you know, what a difference it made in their lives and the lives that they saw there. Um, one of our people talked about how their church has a go, care, and serve. So they are really specific before they go on the short-term trip that 
They know what they're going to be doing. They're not going on vacation. They're not going to see the country, probably. They're going to see the inside of this one community or church while they serve and help either the team members that are there or the, the people that live in the area. We talked about a church where their whole curriculum, K-12 for Sunday school, is based on missions, and they teach age-appropriately all the way up. They have mission trips that are planned for, like, the middle schoolers or the high schoolers or the college kids or the after, after high school kids so that they really have a, a focus, and they know as they're growing up that, oh, I get to go participate in the, the bike repair in Canada mission, you know, or something like that, and it's, it's really... Jack and I have been to a church that does that, and it's, it's amazing. They do get a missional feeling in their culture of their church. And I think that might be it. Yeah, oh, and just being friends. Um, a lot of people reported in our group that there were missionaries that said, just, just come and hang out with us. Let us talk English. You know, we're so, yeah, we're just weary of talking language that, you know, is not our, our home language. So come and just be a friend and hang out and be a Christian. So we can have other people. All right. Thank you, everyone, for participating uh, during lunch, hopefully you enjoyed lunch. Um, sound like every group had really good conversation. So thank you for coming up for the reporters to share and to bless us with that information. And uh, next, we're going to have three different sessions. So from uh, 105 to 135, we're going to have Mr. Mark Bocanegra. And this is going to be the session about what now? What are the next steps? What now? And each uh, speaker will have their 30 minutes. And after... Uh, Mark will have David Diasso, and after that, we'll have David Choi come up, and then we'll uh, knock out a few more things, and that'll be it. So, Mark, come up, brother.